the Ortho PAC, hosted by Sam Dyer. Welcome to the Ortho PAC, where we discuss up-to-date orthopedic topics for the busy clinician. I invite you to sit back and relax as I attempt to fill in the gaps between education, current events, and real-world practice. Welcome today, Carla Frick. Carla is a PA who practices in surgery. Carla wears multiple hats, including serving as PAOS Board of Directors Secretary. She is also the CME Coordinator for our annual Phoenix meeting, Ortho in the West. Carla, welcome and thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Carla, please tell our listeners what you and the CME team are planning for Phoenix. Orthopedics in the West 2024 is a conference more for our advanced physician assistants and practitioners. We try to limit the numbers a little bit less than our national conference in order to provide a smaller, more intimate venue than our national conference. And it's a place for people to continue to network and, and reach out to other people within uh, orthopedics across the country. So what can attendees expect as far as topics? This year, we are excited to have some great speakers from sports medicine doctors, trauma surgeons, PAs that specialize in anywhere from pain management to fractures to Achilles tendon ruptures and non-operative sports medicine. I'm also excited to have a couple different topics this year, some talks on compounding alternatives for pain management and how to avoid burnout. Okay, for all of those who aren't lucky enough to be there, hit, hit, please tell everyone what it's like outside in February in Phoenix. Uh, well, right now, Phoenix is beautiful compared to so many other places in the country that are just getting pounded by snow. So you can probably expect uh, weather to be in the 60s. It is a beautiful time to be in Phoenix, uh, mostly in the sun, not, not a high chance of rain or snow. So I think it's a great place for people to come and get out of that weather and enjoy enjoy being outside. What else can you say about Ortho in the West 2024? I hope everybody is excited for Ortho in the West 2024. I think we have some great speakers coming. I think there's a lot to learn in our national meeting in Nashville this year. Uh, the first week of September will be another great opportunity for physician assistants and orthopedics to expand their skills and learn something new and, and broaden their networks. Listeners, I hope that you're coming to Phoenix to see us next month. I can't wait to go. Phoenix is so wonderful. It's so nice to get out from under the old man winter and have some pretty sunshine for a few days. So I hope to see you there. Uh, lots of great topics, lots of uh, good food and good networking opportunities. So, Carla, I wanted to also hit you up regarding a topic you have presented previously regarding job opportunities outside of clinical practice. Please share with our listeners your background and experience with owning your own practice. Um, I've been a physician assistant for 21 years now. Um, I've worked in all realms of orthopedics, including pediatric orthopedics, total joints, sports medicine, uh, spine. I'm, I'm currently in spine. But along the way, I also owned my own uh, first assisting company. So I had a couple other PAs that were with me. We just assisted in surgery, no orders, no rounding. And then obviously I had to have a background in medical billing and collections and all that other fun stuff. Obviously, I built a, a network of physicians around the valley that needed help in surgery. And they would contact me 
and I would either schedule for a couple of my other PAs that worked for me or myself and then do the medical billing part of it, submit that, receive claims back, and basically work as a 1099 contracted employee. You have to do your own taxes, and obviously there's no health insurance or anything else like that. You do have to pay your own malpractice insurance um, and no other you know benefits. But I guess the biggest benefit of it is um, being able to control your hours, um, being able to decide what cases you do and don't, don't want to do, um, and um, building a big network of physicians that, you know, if I, if I wanted to go work full-time with somebody, then I had, you know, a lot of options. So I did that for about 10 years and then um, joined a company who was looking to expand into Arizona uh, for first assisting, and I grew out the Arizona territory for about three years for them before I moved on and joined one of my spine surgeons. If I asked you to name the top three pros and the top three cons regarding owning your own practice, what would they be? The top three pros of owning your own practice, um, you're in charge of your own schedule. And then I think just feeling like you have some control and um, some say on on what you bring in and what you don't bring in. Um, obviously, owning your own business, you control how much you work and how hard you want to work, and your pay depends on that. So those are all, I think, good things because uh, if you want to work hard, and then you could do very well doing it. Um, some of the cons, obviously, uh, there was a No Surprise Act that came out, which made it very difficult to do out-of-network billing. So that obviously changes reimbursement rates. Another con is trying to track down patients and get reimbursement from them. And then the last one is having to do your own credentialing and your own licensing and all that other stuff, um, making sure you have all your tax stuff figured out. The paperwork part of it and knowing your legal parts of it, carrying an additional malpractice to make sure you know it covers your business as well as you, um, those are all kind of cons that if you don't know how to navigate them, it can make it difficult and, you know, make it less successful for you. When I was writing this, I looked up the topic on the AAPA, and they have a list of several positions outside of clinical practice. If anyone listening is interested in that information, I would recommend you check it out. It's called Outside the Clinic. That's the title of the article, and it's on the AAPA website. Carla, what other sorts of opportunities are available for PAs outside of clinical practice? I also do medical malpractice. So I've done medical malpractice for a while now, um, where some law firms will reach out and ask if you are willing to be an expert witness for some medical malpractice case, or if you just want to give an opinion for them, review some records and give your opinion on things. So that is another option. Again, you become a 1099 employee. Um, but it allows you to kind of see, see what medical legal things are happening, um, what you need to really brush your skills up on. Um, do you need to be better at dictating? Do you need to be better at documenting things? Do you need to be better at responding to patients and noting all that? So it's kind of nice to be part of that medical legal world and, and feel a little bit more confident in the things that you do and that you're you know doing things right. Another opportunity that I have been part of is being a consultant for medical device companies. So I go around and I teach APPs about exams and devices 
and implementation into practice. So that's another fun way. Again, you become a 1099 employee. Um, the pros of that, again, um, you get to work on presenting to people. You get to work on teaching with people and, and travel. Cons would be that you're you're traveling and uh, lose some of your clinic time if you want to get to these places and do some of these uh, conferences for them. Another thing I do is I actually am part of PAOS. So um, being part of a organization, whether it be PAOS, AAPA, your state organization, um, it's a great way to be a part of something else. And whether it be, you know, working on at the state level and, and increasing privileges or uh, looking at laws and, and PA relationships and supervising roles and stuff like that. So within PAOS, I, I was the regional director for the Southwest region and um, tried to grow membership for physician assistants in orthopedic surgery. Um, after I did that for a while, I moved on to secretary and I've been doing that for a while as well as um, now I am the CME chair for the West. So I uh, helped develop uh, CME programs for physician assistants in orthopedics. Um, and uh, host the one here in Phoenix and then help out with our national one. Another thing that I do and have done in the past is I've been adjunct faculty for a physician assistant program. I became part of adjunct faculty with Midwestern University, and I would teach some of their skills labs. Okay, let's do a hypothetical. Let's say we have Sue Smith, PAC, who has decided she wants to go and be a consultant. What should she consider when she takes a position as a consultant? What kinds of things do you have to think about if you're going to work outside of the traditional employer-employee model? If you're going to be a consultant, make sure you understand the device. Make sure you understand what the company represents. And do you believe in that product? I think that's the number one thing. Um, number two is you're going to be a 1099 employee, so you need to make sure that you're setting aside some of that income for taxes because they're not going to pay any of those taxes. Um, and then, you know, making sure that you're documenting your time and um, making sure you get paid for all the time that you're putting into it. But I think the most important thing is if you believe in the something and you believe in a product and you believe that, you can make your patients better with it, then going out and teaching other people about it is, is a great option. Okay. Let's say we have a listener who wants to try a side gig to their clinical practice. What are some good part-time work consulting opportunities they may consider? Yeah. So I think like we just talked about consulting, you don't have to do it full-time. You can do it on the weekends. You can do it only two, three times a year. You can decide on what events you want to attend same thing with medical malpractice. You can decide if you want to take one of the cases or not. Adjunct faculty, I think you need to be a little bit more present for that. So I think that's more of a role that you need to decide, can I dedicate my time to this? And then, you know, a lot of people right now are doing a lot of blogs. You know, do you like to review cases? Do you like to talk to people? Do you like to discuss what's up and coming? Um, so I think that's one of the newer topics that I see a lot of PAs kind of branching out on is doing blogs or doing some type of online resource and preceptorship, you know, um, bringing students into your, into your exams and into your surgeries to help pass on your knowledge to them. So um, I think there's a lot out there for you to do that's outside of the clinic. And I'm looking forward to speaking on that at the conference Ortho in the Wind. 
All right. Carla, thank you so much for coming on. I know it's hectic and busy getting ready for the conference, putting together everything, and we really appreciate that. And I look forward very much to seeing you next month. Looking forward to seeing everybody in the warm Phoenix. Registration is now open on paos.org. I hope that I see you there.